Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. Okay, so for starters, I wanted to remind you guys to send in your crazy ex stories. I have a few, but I want to like be able to share several and like kind of really kick off the um, segment with some strong ones. And I have like two that I really like, um, but you can send in those stories completely anonymously or not. Just let me know in the message um, to 615-492-3926. And there's, there's some crazy stories. One of them, somebody, their mom is named Amy and their mom amyed them. Like, as in, like, hooked up with their ex-boyfriend. Like, their mom. And I was like, dang. And she's like, thank you so much for this song. I really appreciate it. I'm like, fuck. That's crazy. Okay, so on this week's episode, I want to talk about something that's important to me um, that I have a strong opinion on, and that's the environment and finding ways that we can keep this earth as beautiful as it is and leave it better than we found it. I think that there's a lot that we're doing wrong as just a species. And um, there's a lot that you can do on a really small level that helps reduce your carbon footprint and um, keeps the ozone layer intact. (laughs) It's really hard to not do things like shop at the mall and like to give up eating meat or whatever, like anything like that. Like so this isn't me telling you to, to deal in absolutes. This is me telling you ways that if you cut back, you can make a positive impact on the environment. And some people are able to give it up um, completely, which is amazing. But I think that it is so much better to try even a little bit than not try at all. And my friend Ava Sapelsa is an incredible songwriter. I wrote out of it with her. Um, and she posted something about how like, 
normalize being an imperfect vegan or an imperfect vegetarian. Like you can still, you know, if you're vegan, you can still eat the cake your grandma gave you. You're just like, you know, like little things like that. Like you can, you can bend the rules. It doesn't mean that you have to give everything up completely. But if you are eating meat, there's um, a lot of ways that you can do it that are good for the environment. Because (laughs) one of the worst things for the ozone layer is cow farts, which is methane. And the more that like the commercial meat industry, like I think something like two, one third of all farmland on earth, one third goes just to feeding livestock. So think about all of that because also like, I mean, any sort of commercial farming really isn't great for the environment, even like growing vegetables. So nobody gets to get on their high horse. If you're a vegan, you still like killed a bunch of birds with your avocados because of the stuff they have to spray, even when it's organic, even when it's like not using pesticides, it's still like unnatural stuff in an environment and things die when you're clearing a field. I can link to a video on my Twitter of um, a farmer explaining that, but like, I just don't believe in people getting on their high horse and acting like they're better than somebody because of their dietary choices or lifestyle choices. So that being said, um, even cutting back on meat, like one meal a day, like there's this thing called meatless Mondays, We explore different options for meals that don't have meat in them and try different things. Honestly, like tofu is, can be good, but soy farming is really bad too. And again, this is why nobody gets to get on their high horse about being a vegan because you're eating a ton of soy and that's really bad. So there's, there's options. I mean, honestly, impossible burgers they knew when they were developing that, that if it wasn't good for the environment, like what was the fucking point, you know? Cause the point of eating less meat for so many people, some people don't like it. Some people it's ethical reasons and some people it's environmental or a little bit of all three. Um, but they knew that like a large demographic of people who would like a large part of the demographic of people who would be interested in impossible burgers would be doing it for environmental reasons. So if they like weren't sustainable, what, what's the point? So they, they knew that. And at first, like making the burgers was really hard because they found this compound called heme, H-E-M-E in plants. And it's has the same um, prefix as hemoglobin, which is blood. So it's like plant blood. (laughs) And honestly, that's what makes burgers taste like burgers. So they, they found this and like in the original stages of impossible meat, they were taking it out of the plant and like, like they were using it, um, in a not concentrated way. And that wasn't sustainable. They were using a ton of energy. And like, if they were doing that on a massive scale, it would be really, really bad. So they found a way to ferment the heme and, make it super, super concentrated. So they only have to use a little bit, which was like how the impossible burger came about and how they were able to like justify that as a really good alternative to meat. And honestly, impossible burgers are really good too. Like they have the right texture. The only thing about, um, impossible and beyond burgers is like, there's sometimes like a very distinct smell about them. I find it more with Beyond Burgers, but like when I'm cooking with them, 
I like wear gloves because I don't want my hands to smell like it later. And that's like really the only drawback. Beyond sausages are great. I don't notice a weird smell from those. It's just from like the impossible like beef imitation things. But those are both really great options for trying things that don't have um, meat in them. And yeah, I mean, and even like in your cereal, it's like, I mean, you don't even notice if you're putting milk in there versus almond milk or I prefer cashew milk. I think that's really good. And it's just like a little creamier, but you put in your cereal, the cereal tastes the same. And that's of one meal that you weren't using animal products. So a little bit can go a really, really long way. And if you want to keep eating meat just all the time, there's ways that you can do that that are way more sustainable um going to farmers markets and local farmers there's a place in nashville called porter road butcher and um they are super super environmentally conscious they come from like i think it's only like five farms across tennessee and kentucky and they like they have like a cheese section which i love and um i get my eggs from there too because they're just from like local farms and people that aren't you know (laughs) because in order to be free range like quote unquote on either chicken or like on the eggs all they have to do is let the chickens out once a day that's it just once a day so then they can go right back into those coops where they're all like you know they don't get, move around at all. Like all those like horrible videos from PETA that you see in your Facebook, like even the free range ones, even like the, I think it's called the happy, happy egg or whatever. They it's, it's just as bad to be completely honest. So if you can buy eggs locally, like that's really great. You can go to your local health food store and typically find ones, like just look for ones that say they're from somewhere around your hometown. But so I get my eggs at Porter Road Butcher and I did some research on one of the, um, places that they get their cheese from. And it's somewhere in Tennessee. It's like in Chattanooga, I think, but their farm is completely solar powered, which I thought was super cool. And, um, they like their animals are just wandering about doing their thing. That's it. Um, it's called Sequatchie Cove farm. And, um, it's basically just like a couple friends started this and, and wanted to make cheese. And, um, okay. So this is, it says our small creamery is a hundred percent solar powered and strives to be as sustainable as possible. Our biggest waste product way is fed to Sequatchie Cove's woodlock pigs. The cheeses of the creamery are all made every day using the freshest raw cow's milk produced directly on the farm. And the cows just like get to wander. Like the when you're driving down a back road and you see just like a bunch of cows living their best lives, like it could be this cheese company. So there's ways that you can still buy animal products and do it in a more eco-conscious way. And so I have started doing that. And um, my boyfriend eats meat. And I was like, hey, so if you're going to keep doing this and we live together, um, having Tyson chicken in my fridge kind of makes me want to vomit. What if we went to Porter Road Butcher and I just paid the difference every time for like what it would normally cost versus like, cause it is more expensive. You're like looking at it on a, you know, it's a smaller scale and it's, they probably actually pay their employees fairly. I mean, I, I will talk shit about Tyson all day. That's just kind of, kind of icky. And the pink slime stuff was like very real, like the commercial meat industry is gross. Um, but the, like also if you're a meat eater, like you can tell that's why Wagyu beef is like the top of the 
beef pyramid because like they massage the cows and the cows are I mean until they're you know killed and made into meat but they're like treated really well and like that's why it tastes good so it's like if you just remove all the like vegan stuff from it the better the animals treated the better the animals fed the better the animal tastes so this is just my you know informing people on ways they can do it if they still want to eat meat so sam started doing that and he's really enjoyed it he's really enjoyed the steaks and um i really like the cheese hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher i'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one we told you about the murder of gail katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend bob at one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. 
To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's food. Um, Obviously, many opinions on that one. But another thing that you might not think about is the products you're using that are like cotton products. So I used to use these cotton pads to take off my makeup and like take off my nail polish and all of these different things. And I just was like, oh, it's cotton. There's no way that can be bad for the environment. But there's all these like, you know, um, synthetic materials in there that don't break down. And so it takes like years, like almost a decade, I think, for these cotton pads to break down and, you know, be able to go back into the, the earth. And even then it's like, there's still like plastics as part of them and you just don't think about it. So I made a switch recently to these washable ones. And so they look just like cotton pads. Um, they're like made out of terry cloth and then a couple of them are microfiber and it's like a multi-pack, but they come in this little netted bag. And what you do is like, you know, you use a new one every day and then you put it in the bag and then you tie it up really tight and put it in with your laundry. And I would definitely recommend using like unscented detergent or something like really natural when you're doing that because you're putting it on your face and like maybe tied isn't going to be the best thing (laughs) for not breaking out. But, um, you just pop it in there and then it comes out and it seems, some of these things seem like they're really expensive at first, but because you know the cotton pads I bought were like 250 and then these ones were like $16 but the point is you don't have to replace them so I was spending $2.50 every time I needed cotton pads versus spending $16 one time and on a similar note q-tips are not biodegradable there was a big stink about it because I mean those are you you, you can't get reusable q-tips that's not an option so Q-tips just came out with a biodegradable one and I started buying those really excited about it. Um, the whole packaging is biodegradable as well. And as far as like makeup wipes go, cause I really prefer to do that. Like my skincare routine is like, I take off, I use makeup remover, take my makeup off. I use a makeup wipe to do that. And then I wash my face and then I use toner with a cotton pad and then I put on moisturizer. So that's a lot of products. And like occasionally I'll have to do that twice a day, like with makeup. And so you're using like so many wipes. I mean, you take your makeup off every day. That's 365 a year. So just envision the pile of these things that like do not break down for years, just sitting in a landfill somewhere. But um, there's a brand called Yes To. There's like Yes To Carrots, Yes To Tomatoes, Yes To Whatever. And um, they're a natural, cruelty-free brand, and their wipes are biodegradable. The thing is, their packaging isn't, but this is what I mean. Like, it's so much better to try than to not do anything at all. So highly recommend those. They're really affordable. I think they're like maybe a dollar more than the other option. And I've like never broken out from those. So just like little swaps you can make, um, when it comes to like food storage, there's, um, you know, I don't know, I use, usually use like these glass, um, like Tupperware sort of containers. And I really like those. They don't get that weird, um, like orange film on them, you know, like when you put spaghetti in like a plastic little Tupperware and it just like, is that like nasty orange and it doesn't go away. 
I got glass ones because I hated that and it just like irrationally bothered me. So those are already better for the environment and they last a lot longer and I just really like those. But if you're using like saran wrap or something like that, um, there's a swap you can make for beeswax wrap. So they're like a, I think it's like a canvas kind of material and then it's coated in beeswax. So it will like adhere around whatever thing you're wrapping in it. You can like make little sandwich bags out of it and fold it up and do a bunch of different things. You literally just like wipe them off with a sponge and like hang them to dry, but they're coated in wax so they don't really absorb a lot of um, water or anything. But the cool thing about those too is you can, a lot of them come with a beeswax bar so you can just like rub it on the cloth if the beeswax starts to come off and like refresh it so those last a super super long time and beeswax is a lot better than other sorts of wax like like i think i think soy candles are good coconut wax is good there's one that's really bad and i can't think of it off the top of my head but um it's a really really great option and again like you know, you're buying these rolls of saran wrap all the time and then you buy these beeswax things for like $20, but then you don't have to buy saran wrap all year. Another thing is reusing glass jars. So I get this um, type of yogurt that comes in a glass jar and then I usually save them and I um, have been putting my veggies and herbs in water, like similar to a... um, like just what you would do to flowers. Like I read about it and it's actually worked so well. Like I have this parsley that has been in my fridge for like a week and it looks like it did the day I bought it. And if I just put that in the drawer, it would have been like that nasty, soggy. I get really grossed out by things like that. Like any sort of food that's gone bad, like mold scares the shit out of me. So I'm like always devising ways to not ever have to see mold in my fridge. And um, this has been one of like the best hacks I've ever seen. But so you can reuse these glass containers and, um, you know, obviously you can recycle some of them too, because you're not going to keep every single yogurt container of every single yogurt you ever eat, but there's ways to like reuse it and reduce, reuse, recycle. And that brings me to the reduce part, which just means like buy less fucking shit. And I think that's something we could all do. Um, I've, I've certainly could. Um, but that applies to my next topic very well, um, which is like fast fashion. So, well, I'm not going to call it the brands. You guys know what I'm talking about, but like anything that's, um, you know, made in a factory, mass produced, usually ripping off smaller artists designs, they, um, are really bad for the environment and they're not high quality. So you're buying these clothes and you're going to need to buy a new one super soon because it's going to fall apart or get pilly or whatever. And you know, if you spend more money on clothes, they last longer. Like that's the same thing with jeans. Like, how long a pair of Levi's lasts me versus how long a pair of Forever 21 jeans lasts me is like massive. God, that leaf blower is so loud, guys. Sorry about that. I am not in the closet today. Um, The neighbor has not started playing music yet, so (laughs) it's just the leaf blower guy. Hey, sir. Uh, Nobody cares about what I'm doing up here. Anyways, so um, as I was saying, fast fashion you know, the, the more you spend on clothes, the longer they last. And like, if you find a pair of jeans that you get attached to, those suckers can last you like five, six, seven years. I have some clothes in my closet that I've had legitimately since high school that I still wear. And, um, they're all things that like, I spent like a little bit more money on 
or they're things that are from a high-end brand that I got secondhand, which is also another great way to help the environment. And so like I own a bunch of things from like you know, fast fashion places, but I bought them secondhand. So like totally doesn't count. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I go to this store called Buffalo exchange a lot. They don't have them in like every city, but if you live in a big enough city, they probably, they probably have them. The Nashville one is amazing. Um, I get so much stuff there and a lot of stuff's new and has a tag still on. I mean, I've even brought stuff there to sell that's new with tags on because I was just too lazy to return it. And um, you can find some really great stuff at really great prices. Obviously, Plato's Closet, too. Um, But what I'll do for Buffalo Exchange is, like, come in with a giant box of clothes and sell it for, like, $300 store credit. And then every time I want to go shopping, I just go to Buffalo and I use my store credit. And so I'm, like, literally exchanging clothes for new ones, which is the definition of, like, sustainability. And... um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I don't know, I just, you find cooler shit. Like when I was in high school going to the mall, everybody had the same infinity scarf, like 2011, everybody had the same infinity scarf because there was three stores that teenagers shopped at at the mall and we all went there for back to school shopping. But when you secondhand shop, you can get some really cool stuff that you know, you're not going to see on anybody else. And Nashville, um, didn't have a couple stores that I really liked that I would go out to, I would go to out in LA and, um, I would be able to find those clothes at Buffalo exchange. And I was like super stoked about it cause they're cool brands. And so that's a really great way to help the environment as well. And I had a friend one time be like, Oh my God, I would never buy anything secondhand. And I was like, ew, what the fuck? That is the most like, what? I mean, uh, uh, it's just so snobby. You know what I mean? Like I can't even form an opinion on it or form a thought. I'm just like making noises. I'm like, Ugh. but yeah, I just remember like looking at them and being like, okay, dude, weird flex, but okay. I've been shopping at secondhand stores my entire life, mostly cause, um, for the majority of my life I had to. And now it's just, I find better stuff and I save money and it's sustainable. So obviously this isn't the most comprehensive how-to on how to be like completely reducing your carbon footprint. And there's things that you can do, you know, like drive less, walk more places, save trips, all of that. Carpool if you can. I personally love carpooling because I get to have a buddy in the car with me. So me and my uh, friend Cora like run errands together a lot. And that's a small gesture, but mother nature really appreciates it. So there's lots that you can do on a small scale. And um, I hope none of this comes off as pre because you know no everybody can live their lives how they want but the more mindful you are of the planet that we live on the longer <laughs> the longer the planet lasts and you know, an asteroid doesn't come and blow it up and whatever and the poor polar bears are so skinny right now because the ice caps are melting and it's just very depressing so if you do it for anybody do it for the polar bears you would not think that cow farts would be killing the polar bears but they are. So let's do our part in, in fixing that and, and just making, making mother nature happy. So thank you guys for listening. You are the best and make sure that you send in your crazy X stories. Cause I'm really excited to start that segment. And the number you're going to send it to is 615-492-3926. All right. Y'all are the best. Have a good one. I'll see you next week. I'm Kaylee Shore and this is too much to say. you yeah
I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.